I'm thankful for the presence of the Lord. I'm thankful for His touch. Amen, amen. Praise God. What a beautiful presence of God is here this morning. I'm going right to the Word out of the 32nd chapter of the book of Genesis. If you're a guest here today, we are thankful for you. Thankful that you've chosen to come and worship with us here today. And we would love the opportunity to connect with you following this service today. Genesis 32 and 24, Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, the angel said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. He said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. He said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee thy name. He said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And the angel blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Penuel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. I want to talk to you this morning about the end of Jacob. Everybody say the end of Jacob. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your touch in this place. Thank you for your power. Thank you for the great praise and worship, the great singing. We glorify you, Lord, and we thank you for everything that you're going to do in this place today. Be with us. We thank you for the word. And we pray that it would penetrate the heart of every listener, every hearer this morning. In Jesus' name, praise God. You may be seated. Jacob's life has always been one of intrigue. It has been preached about um, as much or more than any character in Bible. in the Bible, I would say. And what we know about the early days of Jacob is that he was seen as a bit of a trickster, somewhat of a conspirator to get what he, what he wanted to have. His very name means supplanter or one that supersedes, one that undermines one to supersede and receive what he was after. And we see examples of this throughout his life from... Uh, 
coaxing his brother Esau into turning over his birthright to him. When Esau was out in the field and he came in and was famished and he was on the edge of a heat stroke, it would seem, and he convinced Esau to give him his birthright for a bowl of the pottage or the soup that Jacob was making. And down through time, we see that that's exactly what happened. He conspired. He and his mother, his mother Rachel, conspired to uh, fool his father, or his, uh, I'm sorry, his mother Rebecca, to fool his father Isaac to turn the blessing over to him, to place his hand upon his head. We see it uh, in, the, in the wives that he gained. We see it when he was looking to leave the house of Laban, his father-in-law, and he had no cattle, and he negotiated with him to get the ring straight and the spotted cattle, and that, that's, a, that's a long story in itself. But suffice it to say that Jacob's life uh, was one that was rife with conspiracy. And uh, there was a little part of his nature that just said, I will not be denied whatever I have to do. If I have to connive, if I have to deceive, I am going to get what I want. And you would think that that would be the one that God would not bless. But we do understand the human nature. We do understand the sinful nature that there is some of that in all of us, that we want what we want and we're after what we want and we will not be denied. And so on the inside, there is a little something in us that is tempted from time to time to, to blur the lines and to gray the areas and to make excuses and to justify so that we can receive what it is that we want to receive the Bible tells us that Jacob was there and there is a man that came to him. There was an angel that came to him and wrestled with him. Jacob did not pick this fight. The angel of the Lord picked this fight with him and wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. Now, we don't know how long that that wrestling match went on, but we know that it went a good portion of the night. Because it came to a place where the angel said, you've got to let me go now. The day is breaking. I've got to move on. I have another assignment, and there's somewhere that I have to be. And Jacob, with the same tenacity that he had used with Esau and with Laban and in every area of his life to not just survive but to thrive, pulled the same stunt with the angel. And he said, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. What we learn from Jacob's life is that everything that he had been through, every setback, every, every challenge that he had faced, every obstacle he had tried to overcome was preparation for what God was going to do with him spiritually. There was a, there was a new identity that the Lord wanted to bring to Jacob, and he was preparing him for this very moment. But in that there had to be some things in Jacob uh, in order for him to receive the blessing that the angel came to give. There had to be something in him that had to die. You can't have both natures at the same time. You can't hold on to 
material things and the things of this world and covetousness and lying and deceiving mannerisms and then have the spiritual things of God as well. He is life and he is truth. And so the same applies for us. We learn a very valuable lesson that something in us has to die in order for us to receive the true riches. If you fast forward to the Gospel of John in the New Testament, in chapter 1, the Bible said, Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and in the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And Philip said, Come and see. Now, the, the name of this tiny village, Nazareth, that we know of in the scripture that Jesus grew up in tells us about the people living there, and it offers somewhat of a clue of the identity of the child that Mary would bear. Nazareth may come uh, from the Hebrew word netzer, which means branch or shoot. Sometimes when a tree is chopped down, a shoot will grow from the stump, allowing a new tree to spring up when the old one has died. And this shoot is called in the Hebrew, Netzer. This is where the word Nazareth came from. Nazareth in the English language and Netzer in the Hebrew, or in the Hebrew language. Why would the people who founded the village call their village after a branch or a shoot? And the answer is because it had been prophesied about by the prophet Isaiah that something great would indeed come from the town of Nazareth. It talked about a shoot that would come out of the town of Nazareth, and that shoot was the branch. It was the root and the offspring of David, and his name was Jesus. Nathaniel had, had apparently forgotten the words of the prophet that prophesied about it when he said he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of a dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. That's what it said in Isaiah chapter 53. And so there was a revelation that was coming to Nathaniel. And in verse 47 of John chapter 1, the Bible said that Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him and saith unto him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Now, if you reach back into the book of Genesis, you remember that that angel that day announced that Jacob's name would be changed from Jacob the supplanter to Israel for a prince, as a prince hath he prevailed with God and with man. And so when Jesus looked at Nathanael and said, Behold, an Israelite in whom is no guile, you just as well could have said, Behold, Israel in whom is no Jacob. Behold, the one that has been transformed, who has kept his life pure, has separated himself from the old nature, in whom is no Jacob. There's no trickster in him. He's not a shyster. He's a prince. He's moved from a cheater to the chosen. He saw him under the fig tree. 
but would, would take him to Calvary's tree. He said, before Philip found thee, he said, I saw thee under the fig tree. In verse 48, Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me, Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, and thou art the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Jesus told Nathanael he would see the ladder that Jacob dreamed of long ago. He said, you will see heaven open and the angels of the Lord ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. He was, he was announcing to them and he was unfolding to them a rescue plan that would take place in time. That he was at the place of fulfillment. That everything that began with Jacob and his name being changed to Israel was bringing him to the new Adam. And he was going to take Nathaniel to a place from no guile to a place of total deliverance in the spirit and the anointing of the spirit. Amen. Whether Nathaniel recognized it or not. The Bible tells us in the 28th chapter uh, of the book of Genesis that Jacob lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and he put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed a dream. And behold, a ladder set upon the earth and on the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending upon it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest to thee will I give it. And to thy seed, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest and will bring thee again unto this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken unto thee. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that city was called Luz at the first, and Jacob vowed a vow. Now we've got to make the, con the connection here. The ladder that Jacob saw was a type of Christ. It was the bridge between heaven and earth. Bethel was the house of God. The stone that he poured the oil on was the church. The oil was the anointing of the Spirit upon the church. And then he said, I will not leave thee until I have done which I have spoken unto thee. 
And four chapters later, an angel shows up in Jacob's life, and he wrestles with him until the breaking of day. If you've ever heard from God this morning, I want to tell you there's a wrestling match in your future. God has plans for you in your future. It's going to be up to you this morning. Just hold on a minute. It's going to be up to you this morning whether you want to still continue to live in the same conniving, deceiving, fleshly, self-sufficient human nature that you have been in up to this point or do you want to lay hold upon the promise of God and believe that the Lord is about to send a spiritual encounter your direction? I want to say to somebody here today, that every struggle in your life has brought you to a point where God desires to bless you. Every obstacle that you have faced, every challenge that has come against you has brought you to a place where the Lord is trying to bless you. Everything that you have had to step over and step around, everything that you have faced is lining you up for a spiritual challenge so that the Lord God Almighty can bless you with the true riches of what he really wants to bless you with. The Holy Ghost is the real gift. Not the things of this world. Not a new boyfriend. Not a new girlfriend. Not the next husband. Not a house. Not a, not a car. Not a career. Not an education. we got to have all those things to exist in this life. But what the Lord really wants to bless you with is the blessing from heaven. It's called the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's called the all of God's anointing upon the church of the living God. The Lord... The Lord sometimes puts us in a place where we, we lie down and we find ourselves in a place and we are alone. And we feel like nobody's around. Nobody has the right words. Nobody is there to encourage us. Nobody's there to lift us up. And we lay our head down and we have a dream. We have a vision. God has something for us here this morning. He has something beyond this life that he wants to bring to us, that he wants to give to us, but there is, there's got to be a wrestling. You've got to come to the end of yourself, like Jacob had to come to the end of himself. You're going to have to come to the place where you say, God, not my will, but thine be done. You're going to have to allow God to squeeze the things of the flesh and the carnal things of your life out of you. The reason that all of this happened was because he was trying to bring Jacob to the end of of himself so that he could give him a name change. Now there's sometimes that that we have to put some things out of our lives so that we can get the things that God wants. We have to be left alone. The Bible said that before this encounter that Jacob sent his entire family across the brook Jabbok. He separated himself from everybody and he was left alone and there wrestled with him an angel that loneliness, that place where you feel detached and that place where you feel separated and the times that the Lord is calling you to withdraw or the times that God is setting you up for an encounter with a heavenly being that's going to change everything about your nature. Somebody needs to encounter a name change here this morning. Somebody has got to come to the place uh, where you say, I'm tired of being Jacob uh, and I'm ready for a new identity. Can I preach to somebody right now? You may have walked in here a Jacob, uh, but it's the will of God that you walk out of here in Israel. 
You may have walked in here a supplanter, a conniver, a deceiver, a liar, a carnal person. But it's the will of God that you walk out of here with a new anointing as a prince with God. As one that has prevailed, receiving the things that heaven has to offer. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise? If you're going to have what God said, you could, you could have, uh, you're going to have to separate yourselves from some things in your life. I don't know why people don't understand this, but there are times that you have to separate yourself from people in order to get alone with God. There are only some things that people are going to be able to do for you. But when you find yourself alone somewhere in the darkness, in a wilderness, uh, even in a dry place, there, there will come a promise from God that will blow your mind about your future. Can I tell you, you may have underestimated yourself, but there may be something in you that has a drive. You know that there's something beyond what you have, but you keep on underestimating yourself, and that's why you feel like you have to try extra hard to get what you want. But heaven right now is, is on you. Heaven, His attention is on you right now. The eyes of the Lord are on you. Amen. We we know this part of the story, so I don't want to I don't want to bore you. But the angel touched the hollow of his thigh, and the sinew in the hollow of his thigh shrank. Amen. Until this day, Israel doesn't eat, even eat of the sinew that's in the thigh of those animals that they that they cook and eat, and that are a part of their uh, festivities and their sacrifices. But suffice it to say that Jacob left that encounter with a limp. And people were no doubt asking him when he reunited with his family, what, what happened to you last night? Why are you walking different than you, than you were walking just 24 hours ago? Why, why has your swagger changed? Where, where has that part of you got? Well, you got to understand something humbled me last night. Something touched me that's never touched me before. And I'm telling you, when you have an encounter with God, you won't have trouble staying in the church. You won't have trouble living right. You won't have trouble walking holy. You won't have trouble doing the will of God. An encounter with heaven will change the way that you walk. I'm preaching to somebody right now in the Holy Ghost. Uh, you might walk out of here with a limp, but under that limp, above that limp is going to be a new and fresh anointing. <laughs> Behold an Israelite in whom is no Jacob. I don't know what your name is this morning. Amen. But the Lord's going to say, Behold you in whom is not the old nature. Behold, a saint of God in whom is no alcoholic. Behold, a saint of God in whom is no addict. Behold, a saint of God in whom is no dishonesty. When the Lord gets a hold of you, it will change everything about your life. And people are going to ask you, I don't know what it was that happened to you. What happened to you? Well, I went to a church last Sunday morning. It just happened to me in an instant. Uh, what I walked in there craving, I, I walked out craving something different. I walked in with one addiction and I walked out with a new addiction. 
I came in feeling alone, but I left with an anointing on my life. Come on, I've come to preach to somebody right now. You're going to look at somebody come tomorrow, and they're going to say, what in the world happened to you? And you're going to have to say to them, you won't understand until it happens to you. I can tell you what it felt like. Felt like. I can tell you what was going through my mind when it happened. I can tell you about all the desires that the Lord took away from me. But until you taste it for yourself, until you see it for yourself, until it happens to you. Hey, Jacob, don't you think it's time you stop cutting corners this this morning, don't you think, think it's time that you stop living life the same way that you've been living it up to this moment? The Lord is wanting to do something in your life. Oh, come on, praise Him right now! Come on, praise Him right now. Would you lift up praise to Him? Would you glorify? Would you glorify Him right now? Oh, hallelujah! Oh, hallelujah, come on. I feel something getting ready to happen right now. I feel like there's somebody in here that's about to go through a transformation. How many of you have dreams in here this morning? How many of you have ever had a word from the Lord? How many of you have ever had a vision from God? How many of you have things that you know are in your future? Well, I'm going to tell you the vision of the ladder is only good if you survive the wrestling match between the angel of his presence and your flesh. The flesh is the battle, not the devil. Stop blaming everything on the devil. Everything is not a devil. Sometimes it's our own nasty flesh. Well, hallelujah. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now that's been struggling with flesh. I'm preaching to somebody right now that's been struggling with the old nature. Now, I know this is where we put up our our brave front because we're we're saints of the Most High God. We're, We're part of the church and we've got everything together and we're good little Christians. But if you'll be honest with yourself, would you stand with me right now? If you'll be honest with yourself... There's a part of you that is, that is always cutting corners with God. Always trying to take the easy way out. I don't need to pray. I'm a good person. I don't need to have an encounter with God. I got high morals. I, I don't need to spend time in the house of the Lord. I, I pay my tithes. I come to church every Sunday. But yeah, when nobody's looking, there's an old part of your nature that rises up. And you go back to the cutting, the corner cutting person. You go back to the, dece- the deceiver. You go back to the part of you that says, I, I can get this. I can have anything that I want, anytime that I want it. And you push through. And you push through. And you try everything that you can do. But God knows the real person. I'm talking to somebody this morning that needs to have an encounter with an angel. There's an angel that needs to pick a fight with some of y'all right now. Because God's given you a vision and God's given you a dream. But it's not going to be any good unless you survive the wrestling match. If you come down here and you leave the same person that you were, you won and the angel lost. If you come down here and the old you is not gone and the new you is not, has not replaced the old you, then the angel lost and you won. 
I don't want my flesh to win this morning. Are you here? I don't want my flesh to win this morning. I want the Lord to win this morning. Would you lift your hands? Would you lift your hands? And would you begin to talk to him right now? In the name of Jesus. Come on, would you magnify him right now? Would you magnify him right now? In the name of the Lord Jesus, oh God. Oh God, I praise your name right now. I pray, Father, right now that you would overshadow this place. I pray, oh Lord God, that you would cover us in this sanctuary here today. Help us, oh Lord God. In the name of Jesus, oh God. Come on, would you call out to him? Would you call out to him? Lord, I need you. I need you in this place. I pray, Lord, that you would minister in every life and every home. Would you lift your voice? In the name of the Lord, come on. I need some people to help me pray right now. Come on, let's call out to him. Let's call out to him. Jesus, I need you. I'm praying for somebody right now that'll pray beyond your flesh. I'm reaching for somebody right now that'll lay everything down in your life and say, God, I've got to cross over into something new. I've got to prevail into a favor with God and man. That's it, come on. Come on, I need somebody to pray. I need somebody to reach for him right now. In the name of Jesus, oh God. Oh Lord, we've got to have you in this place. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now here, here's what I want you to do. If the Lord is talking to you right now, I, I don't want you to just come up here and stand and look at them. If the Lord is talking to you right now, and the word of the Lord is working on you right now, I want you to come with your hands lifted. And I want you to begin to tell the Lord, God, I need you to squeeze everything out of me that's not like you. I'm asking you, Lord God, to, to squeeze everything out of my flesh. I'm asking you to break things down in my flesh right now. In the name of the Lord, everything that's not like you. In the name of Jesus. Come on, would you call out to him? Would you call out to him? That's it, come on. This is your time with the Lord. My attitude, my mind, my spirit, my addictions, my lust. Oh, I'm not